Welcome to SocialCast, your go-to place to learn about marketing, the latest social media news and insights. Brought to you by Social Bakers. In this next episode, we speak to Matt Sheely. Matt is the president of the Chamber of Commerce, and he recently written a blog for us on how to build a top-notch remote marketing team. If this is something you're struggling with today, this podcast will be extremely valuable. So let's hear more from Matt. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the live Social Bakers broadcast on LinkedIn. It's uh, really good to have all of you join uh, us here with Matt. And Matt, uh, we're really glad that we have you here today. Uh, recently, you wrote a very good blog about how to manage a remote uh, marketing team. And that's a problem that we see a lot of our clients deal with um, every single day. And that blog had so much insights that we thought it's really important that we get you know, on a live broadcast and so you can interact with our audience, they can ask you questions directly, and uh, yeah, we can just uh, shed some light on this. But uh, Matt, do you want to maybe introduce yourself uh, briefly? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and first, thanks for having me on. Um, so my name is Matt Sheely. I'm the president of chamberofcommerce.com. Chamber is one of the largest and most trusted business directories online. So we've about 45 million businesses across the United States listed and 2 million members. Our goal at Chamber is to leverage technology and the internet to help small businesses grow their business online. Um, so again, thanks you for having me on. Yeah, well, do you mind if we just dive into the topic? And, and yeah, absolutely. Start Let's discuss it. Yeah, so a couple of questions that I had, and it's... A question for for us as well uh, because we're, we're a company that's that's growing bigger and we're looking to I- expand in regionally as well and is is the remote team uh usually a right decision and uh is it always the way to go uh how do you decide yes yeah, so i i certainly think that it's um uh, it would be a decision circumstantial so sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't for us leveraging a remote team in combination with an internal team is highly effective. It's not just uh, in terms of cost efficiency, um, but also being able to leverage uh, talent from other parts of the world, other parts of the United States, um, and and create processes around um, that remote workforce Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to engage like it is an internal team. Right, well, that makes perfect sense. And and, and you mentioned in the blog that this is uh, about 20% of all all, teams, uh, all sort of global workforce is actually working remotely. And I, I thought that that stat is pretty impressive and more so than I imagined. Uh, and what is driving this? Is it actually um, cost efficiency? Is there something else? Yeah, I think definitely the rise of technology solutions at a low cost that allow collaboration uh, and integration between internal teams and external teams is a huge driving force. Um, to be able to leverage uh, a workforce that's outside of your geographic area, whether that's uh, another state or, or another country across uh, across the globe. Uh, so I think that is really the the key driving force. Without that, um, you you couldn't have an effective uh, remote workforce. Right, and I, there's something that you mentioned in the blog that uh, was really relevant to this: is that once you start hiring remotely, essentially um, you open uh, the role to any kind of skill set that you're looking for. You're not limited to, to whatever um, skilled labor is available in your region or, or languages as well. They open up, right? Yeah, imagine, um, so we're headquartered here in Orlando, Florida. Um, and if we needed, um, uh, do we do a lot of our development on our platform in .NET? 
And if we had a shortage of .NET developers in our local area, um, now we can tap into uh, talent all over the world to be able to find someone with the right um, specialties within .NET um, and then plug them into our, um, our cloud-based workflows. And so they can interact directly with our teams, communicate remotely. Um, uh, so it's, it's, it's definitely a great solution for businesses that are looking for you know, particular skill sets that they can't find in their local area. And, and it's really important uh, to create workflows and processes around um, collaborating with remote teams, uh, with your internal teams, to make sure that things don't fall through the cracks. I think that's one of the most important things. Um, but if you can master that, then um, leveraging a remote workforce is, is highly effective. Um, so what kind of processes are we talking about? What is really essential that you um, have in place? Yeah, so first is documenting what your workflows are. Um, so for a marketing team, it's you know how do uh, how do approvals happen? Um, and what is the steps from a project manager down to an account rep, for instance? Who all is involved in that? And what needs to happen at each stage of maybe an asset getting approved before you publish it on social media or you have an ad campaign go live, etc. Um, so identifying and, and documenting those workflows, and then and then leveraging project management solutions mm -hmm. and, and collaboration solutions. So you know maybe you're using Slack or Skype right. uh, for communications and collaboration, and then something like a Rike project management solution. Um, to essentially create a repeatable workflow that you can plug projects into. Um, so, you know, if a particular asset goes from a designer and it needs to go into uh, approvals on the account rep side, um, um, that, that that process happens automatically and it's repeatable uh, and it's, it's auditable. So a project manager can yeah. see those things happen, make sure they're hitting deadlines, et cetera. Um, so having those processes and using those tools and having that in place allows you to plug in someone from across the globe and things not fall through the cracks. Yeah, that's uh, often how we see, also see our clients use uh, the social baker solution. It's essentially like what you said is that, uh, um, well, governance being a big theme and we see uh, our, our clients trying to, uh, especially if they have a, a HQ and many regional offices underneath is to kind of check in of what's happening in, in, in uh, all different locations, and again, that have those permission levels and approval levels set up. So it's it's um, it's exactly like what you're describing. Uh, maybe before I jump into the next question, I would like to encourage the audience to take this chance to ask uh, Matt a question about uh, remote team management, and and or maybe just first, uh, are you actually have do you have remote uh, teams operating in your organization? We'd be curious to know. We do. So, um, so how we create our teams is so if I take a, a, a digital marketing team internally, um, where maybe someone's role is social media, uh, they may have particular social media channels that they focus on. We may go out and find uh, remote, uh, uh, remote assets or, or remote employees to help that internal team member with their role, right? So mm -hmm. maybe it's uh, taking some of the more mundane, um, time-consuming tasks off of their hands so they can focus on strategy. Um, it may be, uh, like I mentioned earlier, identifying um, uh, someone in another part of the world that has a particular skill set that we're lacking internally. Uh, and then we can plug them in on a particular project basis rather than needing them on an ongoing basis. Right. Uh 
Okay, well, uh, another side to the story is the perhaps the more the HR side, the the emotional part and the the, the soft sort of uh, management part of it. Uh, how do you make your employees feel included in the 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 organization? And the if there's maybe if not the entire company is working remotely, how did you make them feel like they are part of a bigger team? Yeah, so if if they're going to become uh, a remote employee of ours, um, so we'll fly them in from wherever they are. Um, to meet the team. So usually that's quarterly. Um, we'll bring in, so if we brought in, you know, five or 10 new uh, remote team members, we'll fly them in on a particular day, um, kind of have a, a company-wide huddle, introduce them to the team, um, have them spend, you know, a few days or a week uh, here at our headquarters um, and, and work with the team and create all the workflows, make sure they're, they're trained appropriately. Um, and start driving home um, some of our company values and, and our culture so they understand who they're working with uh, and kind of what the end goal is of the company. So we're all working towards the same in the same direction. Yeah. And do you kind of bring them in once a year, twice a year? What's what uh, what should we be? How What's the recommendation from your end? Yeah, so I would try to do it as often as possible. Um, so there's, I don't think there's any right answer to that. Um, so, for instance, we're here in the U.S. If we had, you know, um, half of our remote team was in the U.K., bringing them monthly probably doesn't make sense from a financial right. standpoint. Um, but but certainly as as often as you can afford to uh, as a business, um, and if you see that there's potential issues that are coming up with your remote team, maybe um, productivity is lacking or or you start to see work product um, uh, fall off a little bit. Um, that's probably a good time to bring them in, um, kind of reintroduce, create relationships. Um, but beyond flying them in from wherever they are, um, I think weekly, at, at least having weekly meetings. So what we do with our remote team is depending on where they are, could be early in the morning or late uh, in the afternoon, having uh, video chat uh, conferences with their team mm -hmm. or with their team and um, some other teams that um, help produce uh, products or services um, and, and re just reintroduce them and talk about where they are um, with particular initiatives. Um, so just always keeping them involved keeping as much face-to-face -face as possible, um, creating the, that culture and those relationships. Yeah, there, there's something that you mentioned that I want to get back to, but before that, maybe we can answer a question from uh, our audience. So uh, one question uh, from Monica. Thanks for joining, Monica. Uh, hi, Matt. Um, so Very cool to have you here. Efficiency is, of course, a, a biggie when building smart workflows. What is your advice for using tech to foster team camaraderie too, such as sharing thoughtful feedback and big wins. Is there tech for that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, again, something like Slack is a great uh, resource for collaboration. So what we do is we'll create a separate Slack channel uh, that essentially acts as, uh, if you want to think of the kind of the water cooler mentality. So people will gather in office, you know, wherever that is. It may not be a, well, specifically a water cooler these days, but wherever that is, uh, it could be a conference room or or a kind of a shared workspace um, and allow for people just to have conversations um, that are outside of the normal business workflow uh, to create those relationships. And then beyond that, I think it's really important to have um, kind of a knowledge base uh, somewhere that you're keeping um, your company knowledge, whether it be um, um, company culture, 
uh, related documents or uh, information how to's. Um, so mm-hmm. again, if I use the example of a remote team member who's running a social media initiative um, and they don't know how to log into a particular tool that they need or um, uh, they can't quite remember what the, all the approval workflows are and who they need to send what to, having a centralized uh, database of that information for them to access while maybe they're working uh, uh, outside of normal business hours at your headquarters is really important um, to, cre- to create efficiency and productivity for your remote team. Yeah, well, one thing that uh, works for us uh, very well and and our clients is the having single sign-on for this kind of everyone having one point to log uh, in through to all the mm-hmm. systems or social bakers or anything else really. So uh, it solves this kind of losing your passwords. And of course, then security, it becomes another factor when you're working uh, with remote uh, teams as well, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And around security, I would highly recommend um, creating a single sign-on, requiring them to VPN in um, from wherever they are. Um, So you creating those VPN accounts for them um, so that they, you know, if they're working remotely outside of a secured Wi-Fi place, that when they are accessing company information, that they're required to VPN in. Um, So that's a kind of a, a baseline security measure that I'd recommend. Uh, I want to get back to the previous uh, topic that we discussed. You already mentioned a couple of sort of risks for when to spot that uh, maybe employees are not as engaged. Uh, what else should you look out for as a manager? What what are the blind spots usually? Well, um, hopefully you have your processes in place to the extent that uh, you can quickly identify um, those areas so they don't become blind spots. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, company culture um, and, and engagement for remote workforce can be a, a blind spot because it's harder to measure. Um, the things that we measure um, are, are, are the work products um, that are being produced. Uh, are those up to par? Are they the same uh, on day you know, 450 that they were on day one? Um, and, then, and then are deadlines being met? Um, are your, is your remote workforce engaging in communications on whatever tools you're using for, for that collaboration, whether it be a project management side or a Slack or a Skype, whatever those may be, um, but making sure that you're measuring, um, uh, the work product, the, the deliverables, um, and then their engagement with, with your internal team. That, that's really important. Um, as that starts to fall off, then, um, then the efficiency is going to fall off. And then the whole reason for having a remote team uh, stops making sense. So um, that's really important is, as you start to identify any issues, it's important to for management to engage with that uh, remote resource, um, have a conversation, what's working, what's not, um, and try to rectify any problems. Uh, maybe related to this, uh, what would you say is uh, one lesson that you learned through while you were building this uh these remote teams, uh, what's one thing you learned that you would do differently if you started all over? Yeah, I would say uh, most importantly is the interview process. Um, so before you bring a remote team member on, um, uh, not just interviewing for skill sets, but interviewing for uh, uh, company fit, culture fit um, is really important. Um uh, because we may be working with people from all over the world, um, they may work differently. Uh, what's important to them is maybe different from our internal team. And so making sure that there's a good fit um, and a good understanding going into that, uh, that relationship 
between internal and external teams. And does this show up in any kind of test that you do, or is it just kind of a, a feeling that you get through the interview? Yeah, I think any interview process, it's def- a lot of it could be feel. Um, um, I also would recommend that um, you put any potential candidates through some testing mechanism um, to make sure that what they say they can do, they can execute on um, up to your standard. So um, you may be able to execute on uh, managing social accounts and running ad campaigns uh, and engaging with customers, um, but uh, but it may not be up to your standard. So I think running through some of those tests and how they would uh, handle certain situations in real time and being able to monitor that um, is a really effective tool. Yeah, well, I don't want us to um, answer everything uh, here. I want their uh, listeners uh, to actually go and read your blog because it's filled with sort of very practical information there. So uh, before we go off, I actually would just want to ask you one question. Where can uh, the audience find more about uh, what you do and maybe uh, things you write? Yeah, so I, I write all across the web um, on different publications. So certainly just searching my name, you're going to um, find a, a lot of that content. Um, uh, and then and then uh, my LinkedIn account, Matt Sheely. And, and then uh, go check out chamberofcommerce.com. Uh, certainly, if you're a small business in the United States, um, we're really focused on providing products and services and resources to help you grow. So check us out there. Yeah, and uh, I think next week maybe or even this week you're publishing another blog on our blog uh another blog post on our blog and i think this one is about uh again essentially team management yeah absolutely um so we're that's a it's a big focus of mine here internally um you know i, I think that uh, having having a good company culture and having effective uh, workflows and repeatable processes and then testing and, and monitoring those. Um, we've seen huge gains with our team in terms of productivity, in terms of the great uh, things that we're putting out. Um, and so that's a focus of mine. And so I'd love to produce content on that. Yeah. So uh, whoever is uh, listening, will be sharing this on our channels as well. So look out for it. Um, I've seen it already. It's a very good piece. And uh Matt, uh, thanks for for taking the time to to talk to us, and uh, we'd love to have you back again to discuss uh, the other challenges that come with this immense task of uh, managing just teams in general. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, and uh, feel free, anyone, to engage with me in, in social channels. I'd love to chat. Thank you.